Get ready for a night of face-melting metal. Friday, November 10th at The Odd in West Asheville. It is the return of the annual Steel and Stone Fest featuring the only performance of the year from the North Carolina power metal legends Twisted Tower Dive. The rest of the lineup includes metal bands from Asheville and surrounding areas. Children of the Reptile, Oblivion Throne, Overload, Temptations Wings, and All Hell. $12 in advance, 15 at the door. First 50 people get a free comp CD. Doors are at 4, the music is at 7. For advanced tickets, go to stealingstonefest.com. Be there. Hey, metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana, and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m. All appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, metalheads, after going to a rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The Witching Hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays 
located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the mag bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, seven days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. In a broken wasteland, I come to my fire and place your blood and steel upon my fire. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. Yeah. This week, we have Oblivion Throne here at the Metal Forge. And soon coming into the monologue is Mr. Jason Gardner of the Aohorn Heavy Metal Wasteland and my partner in Flamekeeper, which, as you all know, holy shit, has changed recently. We now have a couple of new members here at Flamekeeper, which is Justin White from Metal on a Budget and uh, Those Who Speak Evil uh, band here in my area, and Mr. Aaron Ossent, who is hosting Assault Battery. And it is a twice-monthly interview uh, deal, uh, Assault and Battery is, and he will be having his own unsleeves as well. And Metal on a Budget is uh, Justin reviewing budget gear. You know, things that you can get ideas for of, like, say you wanted to have, say, the ultimate Tony Iommi sound, but you've only got a $50 smash box. Well, guess what? He's going to show you how to get that tone and just give you some good old-fashioned gear reviews in the process. So, fuck yeah. Uh, Digging this. Absolutely. You know, and this is so cool because today, holy shit, what can I say? You know, we're driving down to, obviously this is pre-recorded, but uh, today we're driving down to Asheville. And I say we, meaning the dudes, uh, Mike and Todd and Overload with our 
awesome pal Jason. Uh, he's going to be running merch for us, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be driving down to Asheville for Stealing Stone 7, which is why Oblivion Throne is here this week, because they are on the Stealing Stone Festival along with All Hell, Temptations, Wings, again, my band Overload, Children of the Reptile, and the Headliners in their only appearance this year, Twisted Tower Dyer from the Richmond area. So fucking hell yeah, Richmond Power Metal. And if you listened a couple of weeks ago, you know we had Dave on the show for that. And then last week, we had uh, All Hell on with Jacob. And this has just been a super rad fucking time. I've been kicking ass. It's been so fucking cool. Just like seeing the the promotion for this show and waiting on the flyer and getting everything together. But before we talk about more about Steel and Stone with Jason coming in, we're going to talk about uh, my next show, which is going to be, this is the official announcement of it, is going to be at the Mag Bar on December the 2nd with support from the uh, Those Who Speak Evil, as I said, you know, uh, Daniel's band, Justin's band, what... <laughs> I call him Daniel because that's what I've known him as, but he goes by Justin on the YouTube channel and Metal on a Budget. Uh, also, uh, Kiarn from Appalachia, from like Richmond, uh, London, Urbana era, area, Kentucky. They're like two and a half hours away. Uh, Mike Brewer was on the show and Kiarn was on a while ago, about a year ago actually, now that I think about it. But he puts on a couple of festivals a year called Mountains of Metal and uh, Holler of Doom. So, and they're both like two-day weekenders and, and so on and so forth. They put like like 20 bands together, and it really kicks ass. Overload played Mountains of Metal uh, in May of last year, and it was like the first, it was the trial run of the show where, you know, it was the bapti- uh, baptism by fire, as they call it, where we, Overload had, uh... <laughs> We tested our monitors out, our in-ear system for that for that night, our in-ear and wireless, and making sure everything didn't go fucking haywire. It's, you know, fun being two hours away from from home and just being like, "All right, here we go, guys." And of course, we did it at, at practice and everything. But actually, the first show out live was was pretty fucking fun because it was, you know, late, dark outside, fucking. There's video out there somewhere of it. I might post it on uh, the Minute Mashups, which... How are y'all liking those? Are y'all liking the Minute Mashups? I'm thinking they're pretty fucking fun because, hey, you know... It's it's a it's a peak in the in the in the process, right? So fuck yeah. Oh well, hello Jason, how are you? I was just telling everybody about the upcoming show for the Metal Forge with, uh, like I said, Kiarn and those who speak evil, and the return of the Hell You Say. That's right, their first show back since like. Oh my gosh, like April or something like that. And they're going to be headlining the Magbar. They've changed a lot of things. They've had a few member changes. They've changed the sound up a lot. And it's going to be fucking awesome. It's a $10 cover. So show starts at 9, doors are at 8. So get your get your asses out there. Pound some fucking metal with us. And some fucking PBR, as you heard in the monologue before. So anyways, Jason, what's up, man? Not much. Just, uh... Preparing for Steel and Stone. Uh, the date is airs is the day. Yeah, I was so already talking about that. To, uh, I was like, 
giving it away like, well, we're driving down. It's like, no, we're not. You can't hear the car. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a little bittersweet because like, I think the I think the build up anticipation is a lot of the fun because uh, once it's over, it's just over. But, uh, you know, it's it's time to it's time to move. Uh, what do you call it? Priority to some to uh, toward the holidays with the family and stuff. And, the next TW chapter with uh, recording and songwriting. So, uh, so yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's always it's always kind of bittersweet because it's over, but it'd be for a good sure. Now, are you all when with TW? Are you all like a winter hibernation band? Like, like middle of November, you all seem to go into hibernation and just do the writing and recording, and only the occasional show if it comes up. Yeah, so usually after Steel and Stone, unless something just like comes our way, which like like it did last year, um, we usually just like take the holiday off, and then like after Thanksgiving, we might get together once or twice, and then it's pretty much it until like January. I dig. See, yeah. we have a member that works for uh, a major shipping conglomerate, and uh, so Black Friday on until about the middle of January because then they get the return rush packaging and shit. Right. We're pretty much dead in the water. That's why, you know, when we do get together and do studio work and stuff like that, uh, we have the Escape from the Studio show that we do, like, January, February, stuff like that. Yeah. So, right on, man. So, yeah, uh, Oblivion Throne coming on today, a uh, Steel and Stone band this year. That's why we're doing these shows. That's why you're here, uh, again, yep. promoting Steel and Stone. And I was talking about these awesome-ass CDs that you're having done for the first 50 people to come in to the door. Well, actually, let's update that. There's only going to be 40 left at the door or less oh. as of uh, last Friday. Okay, so you we've got some pre-sales. Hell yeah, that's a, yep. that's a cool thing. So that guarantees you uh, a compilation disc, which you know is two two songs from every band. Yep. That's on the show. So you got a total of twelve songs on the comp, which yep. you know some of them you've got that are pretty decent amount decent length songs. Like I know Gunslinger is like eight and a half minutes from Overload. So you got some pretty cool stuff on here. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's just a sample of you know new and old mostly. I didn't want to, yeah. I don't want to put songs off the same album, like two songs off the same album, unless they're requested that way, because you know that way you have like a certain amount of that album. Because you feel less inclined to buy it. It's good to have a sampler of like you know good and old, like Oblivion Throne. They don't have much out, so really they have two songs that are not that old, but. It, well, it is what it is with their uh, discography. Right, situation. right. Because they, as we'll get into the interview with them, they've only been a band of a few years. Yeah, I think uh, I think I was, I think I had them on their second show actually for Steel and Stone, uh, 2020. So that's interesting. So you've got a couple of. This is a repeat band. Yes. There, that, see, there's not many bands here in town that would fit the Steel and Stone criteria. Uh, so yeah, some bands have repeated. Uh, yeah, there's one called Shrunken Heads who's repeated. Oblivion Thrones repeated. Obviously, we've repeated. Well, that's because you know, as much as I understand that this is one of those deals where you're working with the promoter to this show, and you're doing most of the legwork. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're doing most of the legwork, and you should be able to put your get your band on the show, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's basically our the brainchild of this was like we were never invited to festivals, so we'll just fucking have our own festival. I get that. Yeah, and then after we started doing it, we got invited to all kinds of festivals. Right. <laughs> so it was like, okay, whatever, it works. But uh, but yeah, so uh, it just worked out that way. And like I said, the first year, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, just throwing uh, names and money out. And then uh, you know, the second year, I kind of learned how things work, and you know, went from there. So. Definitely. Now, have you ever considered wanting to make Steel and Stone like a longer, not necessarily like two days or anything like that? Had you ever considered making it like a, a two o'clock to like ten o'clock show or something like a like a big ten band show or something? No, like I said, I was a little worried about the Friday starting early, but I think with the time change and all hell status, I think I'll be okay. But I want to give people time to like get off work, get in the mood to go out. Like people just aren't in the mood to go out at, like two o'clock. Yeah, you know, they don't. Well, they just no. Don't say if, for example, if it were on a Saturday again. Yeah, even on a Saturday, like around here, it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get people to come out. Unless you're like a big name, like Testament or. It's like the uh, like one of the bigger fests, like the uh, the Blue Ridge Rock Fest. No, not like that. Uh, <laughs> there, was one called, there was one called Planet Caravan that was like 15 years ago. That was pretty awesome. It was an all-day fest, but it had big names on it: Clutch, Orange Goblin. Uh, I think the Obsessed, uh, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, like the smaller bands that nobody really knows. Dude, I mean, it's just I just the area around here. So man, basically, I, what you're telling me is that Planet Caravan Fest had some doom bands on it. Well, it, yeah, but it was only a one time. It was one and done. It never did it again. Ah, right on. See, you know, that's one of the things that I always wonder about, like, with fest things. It's like, if it, if, did you not do it again because, you know, that, did, you, did you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish or did, you know, you end up, like, just it, it failed or even if it was a success somewhat like yeah. you had a bunch of people there did it actually succeed or did you break even kind of thing why are, I, I've always wondered about stuff like that even in my area where you know even when we used to have like just like shitty short run TV shows that were from here yeah you know, it's like wonder why it ever like didn't go on was it because due to lack of interest or whatever? That's always one of my favorite. Uh, I don't or uh, event canceled due to lack of interest. I mean, if you're honest, dude, I kind of respect that. If it's just like you know some BS excuse like Blue Ridge Rock Fest was, where they pretty much just claimed on the weather, even though it was like sunny like three of the four days. Um, right. Well, that's different. Yeah. That's because that's a clusterfuck. But what I'm saying is like. When a when a band cancels a show and gives that as a thing, it's like, wow, man, that's gotta like hit you in the fucking psyche a little bit as a band. Yeah, Plotsam and Jetsam just did that for their East Coast. They tore they canceled the whole thing due to like ticket sales, and they said it, you know, which is pretty cool and sucks for them. I mean, but you know, Plotsam and Jetsam, as legendary as they are, they're they're, they're more they're a support band. Like they're not gonna bring. People. I understand. They, they have to they have to be middle of the bill. Right. And and then people well, are like, oh, I mean, you're oh, going to yeah, get the die. That's the thing. You're going to get the diehards out there. But sure. are they playing to places? That's the other thing. Are they playing to places that 
they shouldn't be playing to because of the size of them? Are they playing like 2,000 seat halls? Because let's face it, they're probably not going to be bringing that many people. But I mean, a good like three or 400 cap venue might actually work. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of the thing. And, you know, I think that's where one of the things I want to try and go do going forward into 2024 with the Metal Forge is getting some more uh, industry people on the show. You know, more managers, more uh, label people. Uh, you know, maybe we can get some people from, like, No Remorse or some of these, like, Redefining Darkness these labels and shit like that so we can actually give people out in bands something to you know okay so know where you're supposed to be yeah you know and then make the necessary progressions and I think having the industry people on will help that out can I say one thing before we uh have our guests join in here sure um I, I found out today that uh my band is now classified as uh, per um, per industry insiders, uh, my band would be classified as garbage tracks, uh, as would yours, Mark. Uh, have you heard about this? No. Oh yes, yes, yes. The uh, yeah, yes. So I'm glad I finally have a genre that we can all belong to. Yeah, garbage, <laughs> garbage music. Uh, yeah, the stupid fucking Spotify shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, garbage I, tracks was the was the term in quotes. Yeah. Well. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, that like, it's only a matter of time before this podcast either switches completely over to YouTube or is completely on another server because the whole Spotify for podcasters thing, you know, it's a fucking joke. You've got to have so many unique listeners per fucking month to even get ad support, which that's so far against what fucking Anchor was even about when they started. You know, they wanted to give everybody uh, a voice and everybody, you know, getting paid. And it I mean, just became a for, fucking flooded market. It could be good for Bandcamp if this new company uh, plays your cards right. We'll see. But they're another corporation, too. So who really knows? Right. Yeah. The whole thing with Bandcamp, you know, that's a that's a whole other thing. So, Jason, we're going to go ahead and play some Oblivion Throne. And I'm going to take this straight off of the compilation CD and I didn't want to do that for anybody else but I am going to do it for these guys so this is from the Steel and Stone Forged in Fire compilation CD this is from Oblivion Throne Lust for Steel
All right, metalheads, we are on the way to Asheville as it is for Stealing Stone Fest. Uh, by the time this is recorded, I'm in a fucking truck right now with three other smelly dudes. And yeah, Jason is here and Elon from Oblivion Throne. Dude, what is up? Hey, man, no, I'm just uh, looking forward to it. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. We remember playing it a couple of years ago, so we're, we're very stoked to do it again. Hell yeah, dude. That's what Jason and I were just talking about in the monologue was uh, this is, uh, what, the second time you all played this? Yeah, um, the first time we did, it was actually probably like, no, I think it was our second show ever. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of fortuitous, you know, it's like returning back to the um, back to the roots, back to the basics. Right, you know? which is always such a cool thing because... I saw something a while back about it's okay to go home. Oh, yeah. And, and I was just like, you know, that's pretty fucking cool. And shortly after that, I, like, drove around, like, my hometown that I hadn't really been to for a while. And I was just like, wow, I remember when this was this. And I remember when we used to play shows here. And I remember when that we rented that building out and played shows there. So... That's cool that th- it is like a homecoming. Yeah. yeah, we um it's funny we've been playing probably more out of town gigs than like local Asheville gigs lately. Um this is actually the first Oblivion Throne show in many months, so it's uh it's kind of interesting. We we feel of course like we live at the odd, but it's like when we really analyze it, we haven't been there in a while (laughs) right i mean i saw jason there last night that was actually the first show i actually like attended uh for a couple of months too so i mean we i guess i've all just been kind of busy you know but for sure it's been good now when it comes okay so for me when i don't go to shows like hitting the wall and just needing some time off like when I don't go to shows for a while and I see shows and I'm just kind of I feel kind of bad about not going it's like oh man I really would like to go to this but this couch feels pretty fucking good right now (laughs) you know do you do you get that way too like where you're just like man I want to go but nah yeah it's 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 kind of a it just depends, you know, uh, when we're playing a lot of gigs and such, we need some downtime. I mean, right. uh, my lady and I just adopted a puppy, so we're just kind of, you know, oh, we got our hands parents. full figuratively and li- and literally. Right. Um, Jason, but... didn't you all just get a new puppy too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said that's so stoic. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, you, you probably had to deal with the same thing we did tonight then. But uh, no, it's 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 been good, and and you know we do need our downtime. But I'm also one of those people like I just I need to go see my people, you right? Know? So, and and that's the cool thing about this show is at this point we've accumulated so many uh, so many people that we respect and the people that we uh, have reached or have reached us, and and seeing them at this festival is just kind of it's a big bro fest or sis fester fest you know yeah (laughs) it's gonna be good definitely and you know uh i had jason's band on temptations wings back in february of last year and ever since then you know we've been like how can we make this 
everything better with every, you know the metal scene between here and there and fucking hey have you heard this band and shit like that and yeah you're totally right it's like when you that's the show that I just put on a few weeks back was the same way. Everybody was so cool with everybody. There was no bullshit between anybody. It was just like, dude, it's been so long since I've seen you. How the fuck have you been? And <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, yeah, it was like a big bro, you know, f- uh, it was like uh metal fam fest. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, I do kind of have that conviction. Like I, I probably see people far less than my other bandmates do, you know, um, I mean, our, our basis right now is working, or maybe it was yesterday, but working like the Mass Destruction Metal Fest, and oh, you know, yeah. Alex is Alex is out like playing with Rocky Mountain Roller a lot. So you know, they're all seeing people all the time. I'm like, you know, working and trying to take care of crap at home. But you know, we're just happy to see as many people as we as we can. And it, the the thing is, and I was talking with Jason last night, uh, was uh you know, about how different types of people from elsewhere come out to this thing, too. Uh, we had a guy from Brazil, he said, last time, so... Yeah, for the Night Demon one, yeah. He wasn't. Yeah. He didn't come from Brazil to the show, but he was from Brazil and saw that the show was happening and made it over. Mm. Dude, that's some... That's crazy shit, because, hey, I've had... I've had similar experiences at shows, and it's so fucking rad to say, hey, you know, I, I'm from... Uh, south america yeah i'm here on holiday but i chose to come to this show and Mm -hmm. it's like that's fucking awesome whether or not you know hey that's just like perfection right there it's like looking it up seeing holy shit i like this band they're playing this that's an hour or so away i'll go to it yeah 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 i mean like i said i mean i know night demon brought him there night demon brought about 60 percent of that crowd that year (laughs) Uh, yeah. from all over the place i mean it was like the first show since covid they they had the uh the singles come out that they had never played before so it was like new songs premiered at that show and you know it was like intimate like it's really there's not much room to not be in front of the band which is nice you know 20 people looks crowded kind of thing uh, kind of room but um it was packed in there man like i was i was pretty happy and you know um all quotas were met as far as the guarantees and stuff, and nobody complained, and everyone had a good time. And that's all that yeah, matters, awesome. man. Is as long as everybody got got what they were asking, and everybody had uh, a great time. That's awesome. That's a that's a yeah, fucking it's a, win. It's the first dude. time I picked a band up from the airport before, which was fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So you know, here's something that's funny, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up here, Jason. Okay. Uh, you you told me a while back, you're like, man. I never have, I never experienced the shows where things happen. It's like, but yet you'd say this fucking great story about the night demons first show back from the fucking pandemic is in fucking Asheville at steel and stone. And they're playing four brand new fucking songs. What I meant was like Richie Faulkner having a aortic heart attack while playing the painkiller solo. I that's was like, there. That's like that's like in metal like history from now on. Yeah, um, I was you know, there. Uh, Rob Halford singing for Judas Priest for two shows. Iron Maiden getting eggs thrown Ju- at him uh, at Ozfest, like stuff like that. I you never, mean? It seems like I'm always like Rob like singing always, for like, Black Sabbath. I'm like I'm always like one show late from that stuff happening. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. I, uh, I was uh, at that show 
at the Judas Priest show like two nights before that whole thing happened. So I was like, when that happened, me and my lady, we just looked at each other like, wow, we got really lucky that we saw that. But like, my God, I hope he's okay too, you know? Well, uh, to be honest too, though, that, that show was at a festival. It was at Louder Than Life. It was on the Sunday night. I was there and that was actually their last song. Oh wow! It, they didn't cut okay. their set short. They they were playing an hour set that night because Metallica was playing uh, uh, after them. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, that's a completely fucked up thing. Uh, I was at Dusty Hill's last show, so wow. yeah, I I know Jason, but still, it's like, <laughs> but that's a pretty rad fucking story about the Night Demon thing because those fucking. Uh, uh, pandemic singles that they did are all great. Yeah, I think so too. You know, um, are you uh, are you out there? Is probably my favorite. I think that was actually the one that got lost. Uh, the the vinyls got lost because yeah. I had them all except for the one that got lost. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's like it's out there somewhere. Nobody knows where. I mean, they refunded my money. So but. yours got lost. Yeah. No, everyone did. The whole shipment. They don't exist. Oh, shit. Dude, I wonder if it's going to be like the fucking, like the, uh, <laughs> like the Indiana Pacers fucking uh, NBA champion shirts that never existed, you know, because they're always, you know, at all the sporting events, how they have like the fucking, the, everybody's already wearing a fucking, uh, fucking world champion shirt. Sure. And so, but all the one, all of the team that didn't win, they get shipped to like fucking like uh, poor countries and shit for yeah, clothing. Yeah. I wonder it's if that's what's happened like, to the Night Demon albums. I don't know. It's funny when you see like, um, so I'm like a Panthers fan uh, since like day one, and uh, it's funny when you like they've been to two Super Bowls and obviously uh, lost two Super Bowls. But it's funny when you see the pictures of like the orphan children like over in like uh, North Africa or something like wearing like. You know, the Carolina Panthers, 2015 World Champs. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, almost, almost. But uh, I mean, uh, yeah. this is kind of like the new uh, Chinese democracy. Maybe eventually will be made. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, one wow. day. Yeah, but see, no, this was a this was actually a lost shipment. I mean, Chinese dem- dude, he actually fucking sued the Offspring because they uh-huh. were going to use that album title because he never was going to release anything. Yeah. <laughs> and and won. And won that lawsuit. So, yeah. fuck him. I mean, it was probably trademark because everyone had this title for like years and years. It was like, it had to be trademarked. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's huge business. Trademarking's huge business in business. So, the, it's like the more con... It's like, why is it with like Gene Simmons? It's like the more content you own... The you know the more value it it, it exudes or whatever, which is yeah. obviously it's not because here we are at episode two forty nine. Uh- <laughs> nice, yeah. I mean, it takes time. It takes time to you know make a few pennies. You got you got to really put the work in, right? Um, yeah, that that's true. That is that is very true. So uh, I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag here. You're actually pulling double duty uh, tonight as well, right? Yeah. Um, basically, all hell is doing a. Uh, I can't remember a six or seven date kind of like regional mini tour. Um, 
And we're actually coming back uh, from the coast to play this and then going back over to the coast the next night too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just way too important of a gig. We were just like, you know what, we got to make it back. And, you know, I'm definitely not going to miss doing an oblivion throne set. You know, I think that's kind of like the, the thing. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to need some water and an alcoholic beverage or three at the Hell end of the yeah. night, but you know, so, yeah. So, yeah, so it's going to be an awesome deal. And, you know, I always, uh, my uh, guitar player has another band and where he's a drummer in it. And I always try to, like, you know, try to not book him and the other band so he's not doing double duty playing with us and them. So it's like, yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's it happens. Well, and they, they all asked me, and I'm like, well, yeah, we, we got to make this happen. Because it was just like, uh, for Oblivion Throne, we wanted to return, you know, and and do this fest again, and um, and all hell wanted to do it, and um, we were just like, you know what, we got to get them in somehow. And I'm just like, you know what, and I've done it before. I've I've done double duty with these two bands before. It wasn't easy, but heck with it, you know. So are you uh, are you full time in all hell, or are you just fill in until they find someone? Um, you know, it's it's not like official or anything. Right. I'll I'll let them kind of make that. You know, it's official until it's make not. That call. <laughs> I, well, oh, you know, I'm just because yeah, you weren't yeah. listed on the last EP. Uh, I know. Yeah, so. I wasn't on that last EP. That okay. was a, a guy by the name of Cameron. Um, so yeah, I've just been filling in and uh, taking care of you know the the gigs and whatnot. And yeah, it's been a while now. I mean, we've been working together for a while, and I think you know we're we're looking toward the future. So we'll just kind of see how things go. Hell yeah, yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit of the Asheville music scene there coming out. I know I talk about Louisville's all the time on here because oh, that's yeah. what I know. So <laughs> Asheville music scene: three drummers, twelve bands each. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And how many of them have uh, interchangeable members though? Oof. Mm, Two know, right man. now. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of out of the loop now, um, so there, I wouldn't really know. But there, I'm sure there's a math equation I can do to find out. Yeah. Well, I just know with, within our That's, band, there's there's so many, there's like the stratosphere of other bands that we're involved with too. It's, right. it's funny. I mean, I mean, Alex just released a, a solo. Um, well, okay, he had like a bassist help him actually, um, but it's like another project. It's kind of like a like a D beat sort of crossover thing. I mean, dude's getting prolific, you know, so quickly, and and I'm just sitting here thinking like, wow, we really all do have so much going on. I'm just glad we can make this work, you know, <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah. Now, when it comes to stuff like that, where, you know, you all have like, say different bands and I'm of one to sit there and say that anybody for the most part, metal wise can play with other metal bands because yeah, you can have some thrash bands with some, you know, with some black bands or some uh, death bands or whatever. And it, there's enough genre skirt to where somebody somebody's going to be satisfied no matter what, right? Yeah. So, have you all ever considered doing like the tour package of interchangeable members bands, where you know you might have and sh- and do like a gear share? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not off the table for sure. Um, we've we've talked about doing kind of like mini runs 
uh, before, and it, it still might happen. I'm, I'm very much down because at the end of the day, it's like once you get done with one set, you're warmed up enough for another set if you're not like dying yet. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, as long so as it's not in the see. middle of summer, right? And and you're playing right. outside shows. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. No, I mean, it, usually it's like, and I don't know what it is, but by the end of a set, I'm usually, it's like that's when I start feeling like, all right, I'm warmed up now. You yeah. know? My uh, my thing is like um, when I played shows where I like set up my drums and just like waited for like you know hours, I find that by my, I don't know like I just I'm not as good. But like when I'm when I have to like carry the drums up the steps, set them up, like sound check them and stuff, it's like man, I feel so much better when I get playing. I'm like I'm already loose and you know, right. all that. And you're like kind of like ready to go, or as of, instead of like waiting around, you know. So I found that my personal preference is just setting up in between bands and then going right well i think for me it's like sitting around and i that's what i always hated about like like the 4 p.m load in for like an eight o'clock show Mm-hmm. Because yeah, there might have been five bands on there, but then you have like five drummers all setting their shit up. If there's room yeah. for it, if there's yeah. room for it, and then it's like they're all fucking, and then one dude fucking starts something with the other dude, and it's like, come on, guys, Jesus fuck. I'm just glad that the odd has like a decent like green room area because like that's the main thing. As long as there's a place where we can all set up our stuff like individually and feel like we have enough room to move around, like you know, that's so important because there's there's so many venues where it's like, oh well, you're gonna have to wait until the band's done to get your gear out of your car and then set up. And like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know how many drums I have, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I say, I, I've I've told all the band like just wait till the band before you is loading in and just load in and. Yeah, because like you have to share with the staff also getting the supplies out, like the ice and the beer and stuff. So it's like kind of, yeah. it's kind of tight for six bands, but um, but yeah. since you're but since you're two drummers, you know, it right. might be terrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. yeah, which is totally rad as well. So with Oblivion Throne, uh, what are you all got? What do you all have coming up next after after Steel and Stone? Uh, well, right now, it's it's actually kind of like a rarity that we're even doing a show because we're kind of in the middle of um, of a writing process. And um, escape it's, from it's, the studio. It's been going, yeah. It's been it's been going kind of kind of gradually, and and I think we're really spending some hard time on it because we want to make sure it's uh, uh, like a step up from the EP. We we don't want to go back. We want to keep progressing. You know, back. So. Uh, yeah. There is no oh. back. There yeah, is there only is no forward. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Jason, you should know where wise, that's from. Yeah. yeah, oh, I know dust from. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. George Lucas. Mm-hmm. There is no back. There's only forward. Uh, no, I agree. And that's and that's what I think I, I would have liked to have done more in our you know, like decade ago in our writing stuff where we were putting out an album a year, you know, would have loved to have taken a little bit more time and care with some things. So, but yeah, everybody has their own way of doing it. And there is no competition. There is no race. There is no right or wrong way. Yeah. The, 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 
the thing that traps you the most usually is labels. Um, yeah. And uh, right now, I mean, we've gotten offers. And perfectionism. Just like, yeah, you know, we, we've gotten offers, but we're like, you know, we don't really think any of these are going to be what we have in mind for us, you know. So right now we can leisurely write for as long as we want because, I mean, if you look at Oblivion Thrones' first couple of uh, outputs, they were all released like within earshot of each other kind of rapidly. Right. So, you know, <laughs> right now we're taking our time, which is a first for us, you know. Right, definitely. I find, but... I find it better. I find it better if you just have it done and then shop it before you release anything. Yeah. Label yeah. labels like that hype post. Uh, yep. to get some clicks onto their rest of their catalog also. So if you get it done and just take your time and you sit on it and shop it around, I think that's the way to go, really. Yeah, I agree. Oh, absolutely. It's like, it's done. It's like, it's kind of like a take it or leave it thing. It's not like, oh, you have to write like this one song for it. We want like a, something that's more accessible. It's like, no, this is what it is. Here's the art. Here's the songs. Well, this is done. What? Take it or leave it. So, And yeah, truth right. be told, you know, when you're... When it's stuff like that, Jason, I think it's more along the lines of like more commercialized labels that ask that shit. Yeah, I wouldn't say like like wise blood or anything like that would. Say no, it. nor would I say like even Century Media would. Uh, it's hard to say, man. Like I don't know. I think Century Media is a little bit into that because they they want to make money too, you know. Right, and you know, and that was me being the the asshole a few weeks back uh, it was about a month ago and I, I don't know if I actually I know I said this to you in private but I'm actually going to come out and say this here it was just like it was a real assholeish way of thinking about things label wise because I was part I'm part of a um, uh, a media share deal with a few people and you know I had got a few advanced copies of some albums and I was just like wow this is the band that's putting the, that's like selling records to teenagers to to make sure bands like the ones that I like, like the thrash bands, that are like the old school thrash bands that are on this label, uh, are still able to put out albums because some fucking like formulamatic fucking um I don't know, like teenager rock or teenager metal, you know, is like selling, selling enough for both of them. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I kind of feel bad about that because everybody's allowed to like what they want to like, you know, I, I it, whether it be fucking Exodus or shooter Jennings, you know, <laughs> I like both of them, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I like Lita Ford singing with Ozzy. <laughs> yeah you know it's 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 interesting you say that i think like i keep seeing all these uh especially black metal bands it's like doing the same thing that has been done for such a long time it's like you know but if if that's what gets people into kind of like a gateway of something that means something to them then so awesome it. you know it's just the the only thing that I don't like is when people become like a parodical version of like the genre genre they're trying to represent, you know, mm. and and that happens way too much. I mean, if you ask me, I think uh, it, it, the the strange thing about a lot of bands, especially in the states, is they're almost like afraid to take themselves seriously because everybody else is like being the parody band, you know. It's like, well, we actually mean what we're saying, you know. 
That right. takes some guts to do. Well, and and I think that's a double-edged sword, too, because I see a lot of bands that do take themselves way too seriously. True. You know, Especially in black metal, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, so how many... Is that three, uh, three, three pieces there, Jason, playing uh, on this show? Yeah, it's all hell, Vivian Throne, and, and you guys. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Power yep. Trio, way to go, fucking... This is the Power yeah. Trio Fest now. Yep, yep. Well, half the lineup's uh, three-piece, and then the other half, uh, and me and us and Reptile, four, and then Twisted Tower is five. Wow. So, wow, yeah. yeah. Damn, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that yeah. See, hey, and it'll be fucking fun as shit. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, first time in Asheville for me, so. Sweet. Hell yeah. Well, that Real I quick. ever remember. Before we move on, let's talk about trios. Uh, me and Elon, real quick, about that yeah. Highland Giant performance last night. Oh my God! Would you say? Uh, would you say Zach is like probably like the wildest drummer you've ever seen? Like that was. I mean, yeah, he didn't miss a single hit, and every single hit was like Eloy Casagrande sort of like, yeah. uh, you know, just smashing the shit out of it. And um, I mean, you can tell he took time to tune his kit very well and and he's doing vocals i mean the stage presence was there but the whole band i mean the energy was like um it was top tier yeah the, the whole like, show what, everybody did like very good 25 job. people like there maybe watching yeah yeah i mean i was actually surprised that we even had that with uh that one gig falling out but yeah um yeah no that was i mean i always watch bands like that and i'm like how are you guys on tour like doing this every night you know yeah with this sort of like charisma. Right. Yeah. I was telling Mark, like it might've been the best drumming performance I've ever seen as far yeah. as like, as far as like heart goes. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'll get to see it tomorrow. Out. Yeah. Hopefully oh, you man. do. Yeah. It's, he's like, like he's worth the price of admission alone. Oh, the, yeah. other guys, the other guys are great too. So don't get me wrong, but like, just like the drumming on this new stuff he's done and these live shows is like, it's something to see, especially up yeah. close and personal. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And and actually, believe it or not, I had not actually listened to them before. Um, oh, really? I was more familiar with, uh, uh, you know, Black Tusk, obviously. But, you know, when they dropped off, I was like, I was I was mostly there to see my buddy uh, Paul in, in uh, Shadow Cloak. And yeah, so, I hadn't, I've never seen them before. They were, they were pretty good, man. They I, were, I, oh I, my God. Yeah, that, that dude is one of the best bass players I've ever met, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, Howling Giant, Howling Giant definitely like, uh, made a fan out of me immediately. That was, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Let's just put it this way. If drum sets could press charges, Zach yeah. would be going, Zach would be locked up for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Stop, stop drum abuse. <laughs> Yeah, uh, hopefully they're going to be on soon. Uh, Reached out. uh, We're just trying to work it out. Get ready for a night of face-melting metal. Friday, November 10th at The Odd in West Asheville. It is the return of the annual Steel and Stone Fest featuring the only performance of the year from the North Carolina power metal legends Twisted Tower Dive. The rest of the lineup includes metal bands from Asheville and surrounding areas. 
Children of the Reptile, Oblivion Throne, Overload, Temptations Wings, and All Hell. $12 in advance, 15 at the door. First 50 people get a free comp CD. Doors are at 4, the music is at 7. For advanced tickets, go to stealingstonefest.com. Be there. We're going to go ahead and switch over to Derailed here. This is five questions about you as a person. And because he's here, he's going to get to answer them too, Jason. Yeah. Yep. Uh, question one. What is your favorite film sequel? All right, who's going first here? You have to. You're the guest. Uh, oh, guest God, Sonner. me? I can't even remember the last time I watched a sequel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Probably Empire Strikes Back. Ooh. You know, it's uh, it's got this like atmosphere where it just leaves a lot of tension still in the air, and I love how unresolved it is. It's so like, it's so operatic and strange in that way. <laughs> I was you know? seriously hoping you were going to go straight into Dante from Clerks. Oh, uh, God. About, <laughs> and Luke gets his hand cut off and fr- Hans frozen in carbonite. It's just a series of downs. And that's all life is, is a series of downs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, go full on Kevin Smith on you, man. I know, man. Fucking ESB, though. That's a good choice, man. That's... Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's also the only one I can think of right now. But, hey, but if but, uh, to choose, yeah. though, that is a great one. ESB yeah. is probably, I don't know, it's probably my favorite Star Wars film. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a lot of parallels between that film and Irish mythology. If you read about Nuita of the Silver Hand, like mm-hmm. it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting there. I don't think a whole lot of people get that, but you can tell George Lucas did his... Uh, sociological anthropological history you know? oh absolutely yeah he was very cool. much a really did a lot of research on that i can't think of what i was going to say but jason what's your favorite film sequel i mean this this could be a long subject i'm just going to pick one that's not empire because obviously it's taken um i'll probably go it's man, so many it's the last jedi isn't sorry it? no it's not, it's fine uh i'll probably go terminator 2 Oh, ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was hard yeah. to beat. That is very hard to beat. Wow. So, wow. So, if I got to answer this now, too. Yep. Yep. You, yeah. You, you can't get off scot free. You no. No. Yeah. Uh, so, for me, like, because I'm a huge Phantasm fan, I am not going to say Phantasm 2, 3, 4, or 5. <laughs> so, I will say, though, Batman Returns. Uh, oh yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could have gone aliens. Um, aliens, yeah. I could have gone, yeah. I'm mean, just so. But you did so pick bad. another Cameron film, which is funny. Yeah, because I know I mean, Cameron I, is a I, is a big. Uh, he's a '80s fucking icon. Yeah, dude, you know? I, I I cut my teeth on you know '80s movies on you know network TV with commercials on Sundays, dude. I was like, yep. That was oh. my thing. Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer, double feature. Sometimes you get Red Sonya. Why not? You know. Oh man, why didn't I pick Conan the Destroyer? That's a, well, that's Conan a the Destroyer is it's not a great sequel. It can't be as shit and fun, but it's. it's I mean, not, smashing a bunch of mirrors, part. like smashing a bunch of mirrors, and a guy that looks like a monkey, like hybridized with like the um, 
what was it, the Raisin Men from yeah. uh, the eighties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Conan, I like Conan the Destroyer a lot. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, compared to Barbarian, it's not. It it it's no, not as yeah. it's not as good. At it, least it, it missed something, but it's it, campy as shit. So. You know, at least you didn't. Somebody didn't say like Halloween two. <laughs> but the remake of it, though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the remake sequel Halloween Two. No, oh, God. <laughs> see, there's always a, there's always that one that nobody would want to pick. Uh, I mean, I didn't know we could go. I didn't know we could go past the second movie in a series because I mean, there's other ones. Too. Well, the, I said sequel. Yeah. That sequel is, True. but yeah. sequels are movies after the original. Because I would go, I would go Star Trek Two as a and Six is a really close runner up for me. Oh yeah, Six, yeah, Six. Yeah. I would uh, two, Four, two especially, but Six is really good too. Four, yeah, is, four great. is good. Four is not, great. It's not two or six. Yeah, it's not two or six, dude. Four I is great. You're right. It's better than both because uh, only for one scene. Well, two. If you were the fucking host, I'd hang up on you for that blasphemous comment. <laughs> two <laughs> scenes. Two scenes. Uh, Spock on the bus with the punk. Yeah. That one. Oh, God. Yep, with the nerve yeah, patch. Yeah. And Scotty trying to talk into the computer mouse. Yeah. That was uh, nuclear vessels, man. Yeah. Nuclear Remember vessels. Oh, yeah. Check off. Yeah. Yeah. We need your nuclear vessels. <laughs> um, what is your biggest goal for 2023? And did you accomplish it? So actually, this is the only year that that's actually like been very fortuitous in that way. Like my big goal several years ago actually was to get to the point where I could travel out of the country and play drums somewhere. Um, and with another band that actually happened this year, um, I can't really say that it was like a particularly 2023 goal, but it was like, I felt like there was a lot build up to that. And, uh, so that was that was kind of like a big thing for me, and I think like musically speaking, this has been my like best year ever, really. So <laughs> I don't know; it just kind of happened that way. But fuck yeah, yeah. man, dude, that's yeah. awesome though to be able to go out of the country and and perform your craft, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. What uh, what country did you go to? Yeah, uh, I went to Colombia for two weeks. Oh, nice. Who'd you play with? Uh, this is a band called Inferion. Uh, did a record with them uh last year holy shit and, dude, that's uh, awesome yeah um so it was just kind of one of those things that band's been around for like two two and a half decades so they kind of have a fan base down there yeah um and so doing the new record of course i was kind of like well i hope they like this one too because uh, right. i'm the new guy but yeah that really it went off so well and the people there are incredible. And now I'm just trying to get everybody that I know to go down there and play. Cause like, they're so hungry down there. Right. It's yeah. Awesome. Awesome place. Definitely dude. I had, um, Hugo from witch trap, um, yeah. from, Pro, uh, from, uh, Bogota, Colombia on, uh, back in 21, I believe. And like, absolutely dude. He, he talks about how, when they first started, they fucking played on like fucking like nothing, you know, mm-hmm. like fucking like drums were actually fucking trash cans and shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then like to see how things have changed over the last like 30 years, you know, is so wild. 
It's so, extremely impressive because, uh, and actually, Witchtrap, like they were on the same um, promotion uh, team that we were on, like prior to us getting on. Hell yeah! But uh, but we we saw like some venues that were just still kind of coming up, and then we also saw venues where it was like the middle of the town, like an arena where like or not an arena, like a coliseum type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the the city government is sponsoring it. It's like metal like they understand metal down there in a way that, that a lot of people even here can't so it's like it's something to pay attention to man definitely hell yeah. yeah jason what about you um i don't know if i really hit any goals i made set out for just i think we've been writing really good stuff i mean obviously we didn't Sweet. record or anything or play anything new but the writing has been pretty damn fun and inspired um so Hopefully, uh, 24 will, uh, you know, uh, well, I know 24 will have some stuff out. Um, not a, not an album, but I think we're going to do digital single, single, digital singles, uh, and then release it on a collection in 25. Hell yeah. That's, that's the plan. So. Right on. Uh, for me, I had, um, one goal. Uh, well, I had three total, uh, one of which, uh, has not yet happened. Uh, hopefully, that's that's today. <laughs> so once Playing I get to Asheville, huh? Playing with opening a show for Twisted Tower Dyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Going to fuck up uh, Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, I've got to do that. Um, but no, uh, big goddamn metal show. I set out to do that and accomplished. That was fucking awesome. Hell yeah, man. Um, and we did get something recorded. Uh, it's just not released yet. Sweet. So, And it is a, a new single. Hopefully it'll be out soon. Awesome. Um, if you could vacation on the moon, if that were a thing, would you do it? Um, you know, that's a, that's a tough question. Like, me and my lady both, we kind of both have more of an interest in uh, our own ocean than we do with space. Okay. Um, I'd rather personally um, have us go to like a an island in the middle of nowhere than uh, try to figure out the whole not having gravity thing. Understandable. You know? <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, in the inverse of that, would you all end up doing something aside from the whole Ocean Gate debacle thing? Okay, yeah. Aside from all of that. Um, would you all end up doing something like uh, like what Jim Cameron did, where he actually had, you know, got a deep sea be- diving bell, fucking, and actually go down into the into the ocean? No, that that's a tough one for me because like that's fright. It's a big passion of mine, like you know, marine biology and stuff. But I'm also extremely claustrophobic. Like I don't even do elevators so i'm just like i'll just observe it from the uh i'll, I'll observe it from the deck i think I'm, I'm good you know i'll let somebody else do that definitely yeah for yeah. me uh it always drove me crazy fucking uh in mario 64 because they actually put the air meter on mario and oh, yeah. i would always drown his ass <laughs> and it, it gave me like ptsd to yeah. this day I still can't from like being like 14. I can't get over that shit. Well, do you remember that anxiety laden music that they would play every time Sonic was drowning? Yeah. It was like this. Da, 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 da. It's just like, yeah, still 
I can't think of any metal band that gets that tense. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Jason, being the uh, fan of Star Trek and Star Wars, would you do it? Uh, no, not the moon. I would go to Mars because that shit in Total Recall looks wild as fuck. Yeah, I would totally go there. Yeah. <laughs> You're so going to fucking... If I see you with like bulging eyeballs, I'll know why. Yeah. Fucking pulling yeah. a fucking tracking beacon out of his nose. <laughs> Dude, I watched that when I was like, I think it came out when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And came out in 1990. That was some shit that I'd never seen before, man. Like, yeah. from just like pulling, like pulling an orb out of his nose, like not really knowing which character he was, like Hauser or Quaid, the fucking mutant uh, revolution, the, the backstabbing, like Benny, like having the like weird hand that he kept folded up, the three, the three breasted lady, you know. Um, yeah, that, I like, like how he listed like a, so many things before that that we all yeah, knew was, was going to be on the list. Yeah. I got yeah. I got more and it's just like um you know like Michael Ironsides. No, yeah, Aaron, no, yeah, Sharon Stone being in it, not really knowing it was his wife or like a spy that tried to kill him and shit. And it's like, yeah, it's just, it not, was wild, man. Like that shit was cool as shit, you know. You're yeah. not you, you're me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so quotable too, you know. Yeah, so um uh, and Marshall Bell as uh is in there. He's the one who has Kuato in his stomach. Yeah, man. And Uncle Hank uh, yeah, from yeah. Uh, Breaking Bad is also in that. Yeah, Dean Norris. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's Tony, the the fucked up looking dude that you know Arnold cracks on. It's pretty funny. So. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. The quote is like, I think he told Arnold, "You got a lot of nerves on your face around here." And he looks back at him like, "Look who's talking." <laughs> but it's so funny because it's like such such, such a deadpan delivery, man. Dude, the the insane thing about that is like, man, if you actually ever read, we can remember it for you wholesale. Mm-hmm. It's not that at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all of the Mars shit is completely different. Uh, <laughs> it's all the Quaid stuff where it's like the he the, like he doesn't know what he is. But, yeah. like, no. The Mars shit, that's all fucking something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, which historical figure is to you is a hero or is inspirational? Okay, this is a... The first one that comes to mind is... Uh, which one was it? Uh, Hannibal of Carthage. Um, I don't know if it was the first or second one. But it was during the Second Punic Wars between Carthage and Rome. Um so Carthage is in modern-day Tunisia, North Africa, and um, they wanted to surprise the Romans on their own ground. So what they did is they went all the way through the Strait of Gibraltar, uh, up through like Spain and France and like through the Alps and shit, with war elephants and a bunch of mercenaries that they just found in like Spain. Uh, came in from the north, like so. They basically did like a, like a, a clockwise motion, and uh, attacked Rome from the north. And uh, they still lost, but still, it's like that's so ballsy. Like I, I can't even imagine just like leading that expedition for like two years of like marching this right. entire troop with war elephants over mountains and through 
like a stream with like makeshift rafts and shit. It was insane. Right. And, yeah. you know, and like you said, like the two year journey to walk there and yeah. to march it, you know, that's, yeah. that's the crazy stuff. I mean, it's, it's like, dude, how do you, like, what happens if you get there and like that, that place is like deserted? Like you yeah. wait two years, you know, it's like, well, like I said, they still in, lost, you know, yeah, nobody can run and tell you like, Hey, you turn around. Cause they left, you know, it's like, it take them a year and a half to catch up, you know? <laughs> So yeah, it's it's pretty wild that stuff back then. It just took a long time was no big deal because that's all they had was time. Yeah. yeah, don't quote me on the two years thing. I don't remember, but but I even mean, still, I just even like, if it was like, God. even if it was like a year, like a lot two, happens yeah. in a oh, year, yeah. you know. And yeah. I'm sure a lot, a lot now happens in a year, like. Yeah. Especially like then when people were only living to like 40 years old because of like dysentery and shit like that or yeah. the bloody flux. And then they're fucking sitting there like dying off. It's like, who, how do you even know this fucker is going to be in charge when you come back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. going to storm the city just because some asshole who fucking died of dysentery. <laughs> Well, that's just that's just them keeping a grudge, man. Like, if you really think about it, it's like the pettiest thing ever. I mean, it wasn't petty in the sense, like, because, like, Rome was pretty much, like, colonizing them and saying, like, we're going to take you over. But, you know, that's like the most, like, fuck you attitude ever, if you really think about it. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jason, what about you? Does it have to be, um, like, a well-known figure or just, no. like. A, a historical figure. I mean, I would look at a historical figure to be somebody who died before your lifetime. Okay. So, okay. Just, I'm just wondering what the criteria was. I had, a, I had a couple. I mean, it doesn't have to be like Abraham Lincoln or it could be Hank fucking Williams. I don't care. No, I'd probably go, I'd probably go Benjamin Franklin. Dude, he invented electricity, which like changed the world. I mean, it's, it's well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, I no, look no, at no, his no, writing like, to did, be more. I don't mean, a, it, yeah, I mean, it was the writing, it was the playing, it was the, you know, like he was just like a, he was like super smart, but he was like ugly as fuck. He was a womanizer, uh, which is like, I mean, not not saying that the womanizer part was cool, but like he was just like he had a lot of confidence where he could like, yeah, you know, he was so ugly and like unattractive, but dude, he like just these women like. You know, there was something about him where he was just like he just used his like um, he just used like his wits and stuff to like just get his way to people to do things. You know, like he he's the one that told George Washington like you should be president, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, damn. Like, he was really smart, and I said the electricity thing. I mean, I know he didn't figure out a way to um, charge for it, but you know that's a that's a big step in human history. Is yeah, Thomas Edison did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Edison sure did, but yeah, I mean, like, but they wouldn't have been there without Benjamin Franklin. So, right. I mean, besides the caveman who made the wheel, I would say Benjamin Franklin was pretty important to mankind. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. um, you know, uh, Wyatt Earp. Yeah, for me, I would say uh, yeah. because you know he w he lived such a a crazy fucking life. You know, I think when you think of like a real life Indiana Jones for for all it's worth, he was probably it like mm. you know he he was running away from home at like 12 years old to join the civil war mm. you know and you know and that fuck man that was the 1860s and and then you know he died in 1929 if you had to pick between uh one movie version of wider you go on kurt russell or kevin costner oh <laughs> dude 
Damn. Dude, honestly, I am going to go with Tombstone, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I do like the Kevin Costner one, too, because I like Dennis Quaid playing uh, uh, Doc Holliday. Right. Because of one line he says in there. He's just like so completely off the wall and tells some fucking person to kiss his wrinkled dick. <laughs> I've only seen that movie once. I don't even remember that. I have to watch that again one day. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. Uh dude, I have one more question, but before we get into it, as always, links are listed below, so please give a like, share, and a follow. Go buy merch. Uh come out tonight to Steel and Stone 7 to watch. Uh, Oblivion Throne, All Hell, Temptations Wings, Overload, Children of the Reptile, and Twisted Tower Tire. If you're in the Asheville area, it's limited to a hundred people. Elon, do you have any shout-outs you want to give today? Oh, man, so many. Um, well, the uh, first thing is my girlfriend, Brooke. Uh, um, I mean, really, she is pretty much behind the scenes the person that like makes a lot of this stuff happen <laughs> uh, with the support and everything so pretty much like the main person behind all of that um besides that i mean yeah like all the bands the promoters the odd um you know Kronk always takes good care of us the bartenders are always super cool i mean everybody down to the people who clean the place everybody's just really special there and i'm you know we're all extremely appreciative and um as far as just like the the Asheville and North Carolina music scene, I think it's we talk about this a lot, but we're sort of experiencing like a renaissance in the metal community that I think is becoming renowned kind of uh, over a national uh, attention. So, you know, people from Chicago will say like, "Oh yeah, we've heard of Asheville's scene, and like we want to go check it out." You know, so Definitely. I think. Um, all of our bands and all of the bands that we know, I think people are keeping an eye out and it makes me very happy to see. So, Well, I think, uh, too, I think the guy here with us has a lot to do with that. Oh, yeah. Who, me? Yeah, you. Be- because yeah, you. you've done this show for seven years now. And, yeah. and yeah, dude, I, I do think you've got a lot to do with that. You talk up uh, Asheville a lot and and, it, and people see it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people here that, that have a passion for it. You know, I see a lot. I, I, I wouldn't say a lot. I see the same people at shows more often than not. Uh, actually, I was going to say, uh, I was surprised I didn't see Alex last night because he's usually at every show Yeah, <laughs> when he's not playing. So it was surprising that I saw you instead, which I wasn't disappointed. And I was like, oh, shit, Alex ain't here. But, you know, another <laughs> um, Oblivion Throne member is here in attendance. <laughs> so that's really cool. But you and, said uh, you'd wanted to talk to him anyway, so it worked out. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're trying out. We got a little bit of a scheduling uh, and conversation figured out, and everything's good to go now. It's serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah. It was. See, and that's like the rare occasion that I actually was able to come out. So, yeah. <laughs> right, it worked out. Yeah, and the conversation was. I'm not afraid to say it. Like, do you want to play back to back or do you want to break? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because I'll take I'll a break. Accommodate either way. So, yep. Hell yeah. Um. So fuck yeah, dude. Uh, my last question of the day is. You know, just like in prison, if you got to choose your last meal, what would it be? And before you answer, because uh, I want to end this on you, uh, Jason, what's your answer? 
What would your My last meal be? Man, it'd probably be some fucking awesome tacos from a taco truck, to be honest with you. That's a good one. Like, I really, I, I don't, there's no, I've never hated a taco before. Like, even my like, Taco Bell has some appeal to it. <laughs> and, like, you, you can just get really good shit from a food truck, man. Like, I never I'm not talking a like, taco I'm not talking like some designer, like, taco, like, taco, uh, Mexican restaurant food truck. I mean, like, the Mexicans who like moved here and like bought a truck and like on the side of the road, like in the, like, you know, in the advanced auto parts parking lot (laughs) or even like home Depot or Lowe's they set up there. Yeah. 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 I'm talking like the authentic Mexican tacos from a taco truck. I would probably get like four of them in a, in a beer and that'd be my last thing. I'll be good with it. Right on. (laughs) Or a really good pizza. I'm, I'm simple. All right. Uh, that's a very good, that's a very good answer. It's a very yeah. good answer. Uh, currently I would probably have to say it would be the, uh, uh, it is a Mexican as well. It's like the Monica platter is what it would be called or the Ishmael, uh, where, uh, it has, uh, queso, rice, chicken, and shrimp. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah. But now, for the moment we've all been waiting for, Alon's final meal. You can get to choose. It's not You're not in prison. You're not on death row. You just get to choose a la- your last meal, and that's it. Man. Um, you know, we just came back from that Bodiwala place that just opened in, in West Asheville. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy it was shit! So good, man. Uh, yeah, if whatever you guys are, um, I, I told my buddy earlier. I was like, whatever you're planning on eating for dinner, throw it in the trash and go over to Bodiwala. Like that place is really good, man. Same people that run a uh, Chaipani. So yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Real quick before we go, um, yeah. me and Jackie went out. My wife went out the other day, and we went to um, a Japanese steakhouse. Um, have you ever noticed how similar uh, Asian food and Mexican food really is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. mostly just protein and rice, and like a, just a delivery system. Whether it's like yeah. wrapped up in something or some on noodles or something, it's like dude, it's it's almost the same. It's like wild how the, the cultures are so far apart, like geographically and like just culturally. Yet the food is. I would say 85% the exact same thing with different yeah. spices or sauce. Right. It's, it's wild. Well, it's like people who like um, drew mermaids in like South America and like in Russia or something. You know, it's like how the like back way back when like cage drawings. Like they, they were so they never met each other, but they drew the same thing. Like, that's because we're all interconnected. Yeah. It's just, it's just wild stuff, man. I, I just get a kick out of like, watching stuff about that, like theories and stuff like that, you know, because, because that's the whole thing. Yeah. They may have never met each other, but you know, going back even farther before that, like with Pangea and shit. Yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called. It's like, I, I should really look it up and say it, but, um, they keep begging me to come back to them. Yeah. It's about, it's about this guy who, uh, was like ostracized from the scientific community about his theories. And basically his theory was the city of Atlantis was real and they knew they were about to go under and they like travel the world, like telling people how to build pyramids and stuff in different countries to get above sea level. 
like they were about to be engulfed by. And it's pretty wild how uh, how it all kind of makes really makes sense after listening to this guy. But um, did, did they not go to the Netherlands then? Or... <laughs> yeah, he went. To, he went to a lot of places. He went to okay. uh, Mexico. He went to uh, everywhere with the pyramids uh, of some mm-hmm. kind. He went to and was like showing similarities between all the pyramids, like what they had in common, you know, from hmm. like and how how they were like taught to build stuff with you know no no modern machinery. You know, it was all like. It was all like counterbalances and hoist. And I'm sure slavery was, you know, a big part. But um, yeah, you do what you do back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was actually really created by the predators. Could be hunting um, temples to uh, clean their prey off and stuff. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I I really think it's that. No. <laughs> yeah. Could be. I do- mean, there's no proof that it wasn't. If you want to put it that way. Yeah. Right. I mean, hey. If you can dream it, it's like people say. It's like people say that alien, aliens don't exist. Like, but how the fuck do you know? Definitively, right. you know, you it's don't. always like maybe. I know? mean, that's you have I, to be a selfish, that's what an intelligent person would say is could be because I don't know for sure. Right. Well, and if we're expecting them to be like anthropomorphic, like we are, we're never gonna know. You know, yeah, dude. The movie Arrival uh, that came out like uh, I think like five or six years ago about the. Uh, the code breakers who like they sent in to talk to this like alien that wasn't like a human of any kind. Yeah. Um, that shit, that movie is like one of my like, low key favorite movies. Cause it's like, man, what if dude? it's yeah. so wild. Right. Yeah. And I even like, uh, the arrival with Charlie Sheen. Dude, that's, that's digging deep, man. That's like some fucking straight to like DVD and the heyday stuff right now. That was the, that was even on VHS, man. I was. Yeah. That was, was in yeah. like the, yeah. that was in like the late nineties. That was like 99. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually based on a true story, but yeah, we're yeah, getting yeah. into Mudhorn territory there. Yeah. The, the scariest alien movie I've ever watched that wasn't like, you know, alien or aliens was a uh, fire in the sky. I watched that movie one time. And I'll never watch it again. I love because that those, movie. Those, those abduction scenes are so fucking visceral that I cannot do that because it seemed like that, that would be the way it went for me. Yeah. You know, that, that would be my fucking luck. Putting the fucking all thread in your fucking throat, holding your mouth yeah. open and throwing grease in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's that gross. Shows, dude. I should, that shit's terrifying, dude. That movie. If you've never seen it, watch it with your girlfriend or significant other. If they're, you know, kind of wussy about stuff like that, they'll probably <laughs> leave you and you know, punch in the mouth. But, you know, dude, <laughs> dude, what the hell? Why <laughs> do we get that, so dark all of a sudden? Those, those, those scenes are hard to watch because Steel and Stone is a fun family from the event. So yeah, you yeah. should fucking like. Don't watch Fire in the Sky. Don't get divorced <laughs> and fucking come yeah. out to Steel and Stone. And yeah. don't watch Event Horizon before uh, before bed either. My God, watch good Outbreak. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe maybe we should end this now before we just turn to something else totally. Yeah, right. definitely. Like I said, watch Outbreak before bed though. Oh. <laughs> uh Elon, thank you so fucking much for coming into the Metal Forge this week. This has been awesome. Jason, thank yeah. you so fucking much again as well. On our way out yeah, today. Hopefully nobody's tired of hearing about this. This is the last week we'll hear about it. Oh, okay. shut up. We're gonna I'm gonna promote it again next year. Even if you're not doing it. I'm gonna promote it for t- the next two years. Uh all right. Uh Dude, what do you want to play out today from Oblivion Throne? Probably Souls Ensnared from the Void Gazer EP. Awesome. 
You yeah. heard him. This is Souls in Snare.
in 2017. One man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. 
That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. 
The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 